0: 1460 KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Frank, good
1: morning everybody and welcome to a Wednesday Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 1460 KXNO. Glad you are with us. Busy program here today, coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list in the first hour of the program. Going to take a long look at the two Needle Movers opponents this weekend, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Chris Level, uh, Red Raidersports.com, but uh, more well-known, I would think, uh, now as the analyst uh, on the radio broadcast for both football and men's basketball, Chris Level previews, Iowa State, Texas Tech coming up here at the bottom of the hour. He'll be by Tom Deanhart, a longtime college football analyst, whether he be at the Sporting News or the Big Ten Network or now at the rival site for Purdue. Golden Black Trent? That Gold, sounds Goldreich right. Illustrated, yes. maybe. Yep. yep. Probably should get that before we uh, welcome Tom to the program. Uh, but Tom Deanhart's going to preview Purdue making their way to Kinnick Stadium, homecoming, eleven o'clock kick for both Iowa State and Iowa uh, this coming week in the eleven o'clock hour. Kenny White joins us, his regular spot from Vegas. We're going to put him at eleven here today. And he's got a oh, a handful of games that he wants to showcase, and we'll do that with him at about 11 o'clock. David Kaplan is here. It's Wednesday, so we catch up with Cappy. We're going to switch things up a little bit. It is, after all, football season. The Bears are in focus, and we'll start with the Bears with Cap. Uh, he's brought to us by Centurion Stone of Iowa, centurionstoneofiowa.com. Uh, grateful to them uh, for making this possible. And then Bill Bender in his regular spot on a Wednesday, the Sporting News' National College football columnist slides on in here as we will finish out the program speaking of being finished the redbirds are exactly that trent i stuck with the game the entire way um you know attempted to flip it to something else when it that that first inning was just disgraceful mm-hmm. if you're a cardinals fan you've I, I wonder how many in disgust just flipped it off Got to be a lot. Had to be a lot. I mean, talking about setting the game back defensively, whether it be Ozuna, who's got to make a play on that baseball, Mm -hmm. Martinez and Wright and Wong letting the ball drop between them, Uh, the fact that they couldn't hit the baseball. They hit a buck thirty as a team in the NLCS. A buck thirty. That seems high. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It does kind (laughs) of. Yeah. Uh, They were they were inept. Uh, Just uh, just. Just atrocious, offensively in the series, and uh, so the Redbirds go home, the nationals who were did I hear on the broadcast like this can't be right. Brian Anderson was really good. May the something, tw- third week of May, they were 12 games below 500. 19 and 30, 31. Right? Yeah 19, 19 and 31. And here they are representing the senior circuit in the World Series that starts on Tuesday, regardless of what happens. Mm -hmm. World Series starts on Tuesday night. And it will start in the American League city, regardless if it's the Astros or the Yankees. Uh, We know that there won't be, um, we won't see the Nationals until Tuesday, as that's the when the World Series begins. Uh, Games one and two in the AL, games two, three, and four shift back to Washington uh, for six and seven, if necessary, uh, finish things out. So we we now know the uh, Nationals will represent the National League. Um, Hope people jumped on with me in March. Did you pick him in March? Nine to one. Jesus. Yeah. Another one of those futures that are that, are, that have come home to roost. You know. So do you did you have just win in the National League? Just yes. the National League, yep. right? Yeah. What were they to
2: win the series? Do you remember? I want to say had to be eight, close to 20. 18 or twenty. Yeah, depending mm-hmm. probably where you got it, but yeah, right in that range. It's it's the Bryce Harper effect. You wondered how, and yeah. such a slow start, and it felt even with all that talent that the bullpen was never going to be able to be right. good enough to get to this spot. Baseball is such a different sport. Uh, come it's October. a wonderful sport, Trent. It's just October, it's, just great. it's continually year yep. after year how different it is for the 162 mm-hmm. as opposed to these mini But mini-series. could we
1: say that? Because there's folks out there that are listening to us today that don't give a damn about 162 regular seats. Yeah. And we're that way kind of with the NBA. And then when mm-hmm. the NBA gets here, and maybe it's a product of you know i would i was done sure um and and we're looking for some but we both love the nba playoffs yet mm-hmm. it would take something extraordinary maybe to make an nba game your focal point of your evening viewing fair to say it is oh, with me oh
2: absolutely i'm the same way and i would much rather i mean you, look at nba the way they're kicking off you got new orleans in the first game against the defending champion raptors that's the first game on TB, tnt followed by clippers lakers mm I'm interested by those, yeah. but if there was even an average college basketball
1: game, college basketball, I'm, that. I'm, I'm right there with you. If it's a Big Ten or Big Twelve in particular for me, but you'll even go if, away it's, the way. yeah,
2: even if it's an ACC, heck, it could be a good 8 10 game, yeah. and I would rather be in for that. See, I'll find a good hockey game as opposed. Well, to and you have that part of yeah. it where, and especially with the way the Wild are off to, I don't know how much <laughs> hockey I'm going to be watching this this winter. It's going to be a rough, rough yeah, my, watch my, my because team stinks too. That's where I pop, but. You're going to
1: watch regardless. Yeah, absolutely. That's my squad. I mean, if you if the, are you going to watch all 82, I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I I, I um, tried last night and they were just atrocious for the second straight night. I deleted <laughs> it before it was over. We're talking about the Winnipeg, Winnipeg Jets. Jets, not yes. the New York Jets. They're hapless too. Although they beat the Cowboys somehow this week. Monday night football. Monday night football. Anyways, yeah, that's um, and what we got this week. Monday night Jets. Uh, Jets that's Patriots. What it does, yeah. yeah, Jets Patriots coming up this week. So. Um, but M L B is you're your, back to your point. It's mm-hmm. it's just so damn good in the month of October. And I yeah. wonder if there's people out there that you know that wow well you guys can't watch the NBA yet you love it in the playoffs. Anyways, it was terrific last night. Uh the Cardinals just anemic offensively. Um they've got a lot of questions in this offseason as most teams do. I don't know how they're you know, they got Matt Carpenter for another year. Boy, he had an opportunity last night. Bases loaded at eighth inning. Uh the go-ahead run, the bat in his hand, and uh, you know takes uh, strike two. Two fastballs went right by him, and then just a you know weak ground ball to second base. But it was um, essentially over in the first inning. Give him credit for coming back and at least making a little bit interesting as the game went on. But the but the right team won. I mean, I don't think anybody can sit here and say, well, the Cardinals had an off week. Well, they did. But the uh, Nationals with that rotation, it's just. Trent, you know what we're on the precipice of, right? We're on the precipice, perhaps, of maybe as good of pitching matchups as we've seen. And I don't mm-hmm. claim to have the history at my fingertips. But think about what we possibly could see. If it is indeed Astros. And Garrett Cole was not great yesterday. I mean, he walked five guys. But he was still better than most pitchers in Major League Baseball. Um, I mean, think about this. Verlander and Granke and Cole. Um, against that the three-headed, it's really a four-headed monster because you know Corbin's Sanchez. Good. Corbin was good last yeah. night. Why do you have ten strikeouts in the first four innings? He uh, you know got hit around a little bit that he in, in the fifth inning, but they left him in to qualify for the W, which I thought was you know clearly a risky proposition at that point, especially in October. Uh, but uh, it worked out for him. Cardinals tried, went home. No Dexter Fowler. Uh, Schilt tried to shake up the lineup, kept him on the bench. He only got in, in a pinch running situation and scored a run in the baseball game. Carpenter's a question mark. Ozuna let him walk despite his uh, despite his offense. He's just a, he's awful. I thought Kyle Schwarber was bad in left field a few years ago. <laughs> he was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, th- yeah. This is worse. And and but and how this guy has a gold glove is beyond me. Trent, that play in the first inning that, that, that accounted for the sixth and seventh runs. There's there's no possible way that 29 other left fielders in baseball let that ball drop in front of them. Make a frickin' play! It's the National League Championship Series. Do you know the play I'm referring to? I do. The ball. I I do. You're you're all about
2: Azuna here. Oh, he's awful. But that's who he is. I mean, you gotta have a gold glove. (laughs) Well, (laughs) there's been a lot of bad defenders that have got gold gloves. That is not really a great measure of players, unfortunately, defensively. And what they are. You you mentioned this possible pitching matchup if we do get the Astros. Yeah. And the first thing that popped into my mind when you were mentioning that, at least of my memory bank, mm-hmm. was the ninety six World Series that was Braves oh, sure. Yankees. Yeah. So I pulled it up here. Game one starters. This should be good.
1: I can't wait to hear these.
2: John John Smoltz against Andy Pettit. Wow. Game two, Maddox against Jimmy Key. Jimmy Key was good with the Yankees. Yes, he was. Game three, Tom Glavin opposite David Cohn.
1: David Cohn, terrific postseason pitcher.
2: And then Game four, Steve Avery <laughs> against Denny Nagel. And that's Game four. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, when we look back in, well, Had this Nagel was...
1: left. It was Nagel already come and gone from the Rockies? Because he signed, I think, a hundred million. Right. right. Yeah. I think when they were first came into. Anyways, yeah, no, yeah. The, um... But Avery Nagel, a couple of lefties. Boy, those Braves had some pitchers. I
2: checked that. Negle was actually with Atlanta. Avery was pitching out of the bullpen. He took the loss that okay. day. Okay, it was Nagel versus Kenny Rogers, another lefty who was good. Yeah, the gambler had a long career. Yes, absolutely. More known
1: as what? A Texas Ranger. Yeah, I would I say so. so. I think so. Tigers for a while. Yeah. He was all over the place. Yeah, he, he pitched in a lot of cities. He pitched in a lot of cities. 20-year career. Wow, did he have that long? Good for him. Made a lot of money. He'll never have to work another day in his life. Uh, so the Cardinals are going to go back to work this offseason and try to retool for next year. Look, we uh, we know the Cubs have some issues. Mm-hmm. they've got some questions of their own, including who their manager is going to be. The Brewers look as though they're going to be in it for the next few years. Uh, I still think the Cincinnati team is uh, their arrow is pointing up. I'm not sure about the Buckos, uh, but that division is going to be another um, juggernaut when we reconvene with the central division uh, in late March of next year. Meanwhile, over in the American league, um, Astros and Garrett Cole were just terrific. It was a um, a home run fest yesterday. I think most of the runs, or not all of them, but most of them, three home runs Mm -hmm. uh, in the baseball game yesterday. I think the Astros are a better team. Yeah. I think they're the best team in this series. I believe they're going to. Now, I hope it goes seven, um, Mm -hmm. but I believe that they will prevail. And I mean, they're up 2 1. It's not like I'm going that far. Yankees got to win three out of four now. There you go. That sounds pretty difficult Mm to get to. That's a hell of a lineup. It is. But there's a hell of a lineup with the other dugout, too. <laughs>
2: Altuve again yesterday to get things
1: started. Yeah, Trent, he's unreal. He is.
2: He is unreal. Those pictures. Have you ever... You've seen those pictures Yeah, with him, him standing next to Judge or whoever. And there there was another uh, shot that I saw from Getty Ed- Images or something
1: the other day. It just it cracks you up. How about a couple of Houston... Well, one it's retired. How about a Yao Ming, Altuve pick, right? <laughs> Yao Ming in his rocket suit, and uh, and Altuve in his Astros uni. That would be that would be a classic.
2: So we're waiting for tonight.
1: There's a possibility. Yeah, of that's rain. what the post game show was. I mean, Frank Thomas was adamant that he's not working tonight. Oh, really? That's, he doesn't think there's any way in hanging hell out in the this, hotel. Yeah, he doesn't think there's any way in hell this series is uh, going to resume tonight. Did you look at the forecast? I did. I,
2: I just heard some uh, mention of it this yeah. morning, but it's it's. Wait and see. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the other wait? game
1: is a sunbelt tilt. It is, yeah. yeah. We Too get bad Troy teams. against South Alabama, oh, who
2: God. put Nebraska on the brink here, uh, back to begin the season. The Jaguars. Boy,
1: Nebraska, we should have known. I think a lot of people a lot of people, got some egg on their face for that top ten. Not ten. here. No, not here either. Not here. I thought they'd be better. I picked Minnesota to win, as you well know. Mm-hmm. And they are unbeaten. They um, are unbeaten. They're going to be 8-0. No. Before? Probably so, yeah. November. I think so. And then Penn
2: State, At-Iowa, Northwestern,
1: Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Two and two? Uh, give me that again. Penn State, At-Iowa, at Iowa, Northwestern, Northwestern, Wisconsin. One and three? Probably. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they can get to 10. Maybe they can get to 10. They I can. doubt it.
2: We, now, that's not going to be good enough, I don't feel, to no I do No, I don't think
1: it is either. I don't think it is either. I think it's Wisconsin's division. I mean, Even though they have Ohio State. Uh-huh. Have Iowa, have Minnesota. Yeah, not overly daunting. No, it's... I mean
2: the Ohio State game is one you'd put in the L column right
1: mm-hmm. now. Do you? I,
2: I think so. Wisconsin, the wins that, uh, the limitations of the teams that they well, beat offensively. Yeah, but it's the they're they're not giving them a chance. They're not. Well, speaking about the team that moves the needle the most here in the Big Ten West, Iowa. Yes. So this popped into my head uh, earlier this morning. I want to get your thoughts on this. A lot of angst right now in Hawkeye Nation. Well, they've United. lost two in a row. They've lost two in a row. And that's to be anticipated. Mm-hmm. Has the fan base and maybe the media as a whole saw Morehouse is getting a little chippy on Twitter? Well, little, I think it's
1: just a little chippy on Twitter amongst the people that are tweeting at him. That, that's
2: happening. There's frustrations everywhere. Could it just be that Michigan and Penn State are really good defensively? And all of a sudden, Iowa bounces back this week and puts a whooping on Purdue, well, and they beat Northwestern. Can we hold.
1: Can we hold off until the Northwestern game because Purdue's defense doesn't have a pulse. They don't. The, the Michigan Penn State teams do. Northwestern does as well. Now, I do, don't yeah. think it's at that level of the of the Wolverines or of the Knits. But let's hold off on. I mean, it's 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 a good theory. And you would think that uh, that Iowa should be able to do some business this week. In fact, if they don't, then I think the red flags really go up pursuant to this football team. But I'm not giving up on them. I don't think—I th- mean, I- I've seen the, the, that that it's—you know, the players, and of course they're going to say this, their goal is still to win the Big Ten West. Mm-hmm. I, don't think any, I don't think there's a shred of uh, that being realistic at all. I just don't see that's going to happen. I think Minnesota's going to give you all you want. I know Wisconsin is— um, Northwestern's got your number. Purdue's got your number. But there's still a, you know, it's, it's trending towards another, not ho hum 8 and 4, because 8 and 4 should be better than ho hum. It should be. A lot of teams, a lot of schools, a lot of fan bases would go giddy over 8 and 4 every year and going to a nice bowl with every couple of years, uh, you know, a, a, um, an uptick sprinkled in. But that's where I think some
2: of the frustration lies. Because it's, this, it's rinse and repeat. It feels like there was a window here these two years. Last season, Wisconsin was down. for the, mm-hmm. One of the only yeah. times here during this current construction of the Big Ten. The Badgers were down. Not only didn't you win the division, you couldn't even beat the Badgers in that game at home where everything was set up to win that football mm-hmm. game. And Northwestern, a team that has been a thornier side, they go on and win the division. This is a team that lost four players. Early entry to the NFL Uh draft. Those guys move on. Still, a lot of talent for this year's team. Road schedule, difficult, but not overly daunting. There was nothing on there that you said was an impossibility. There was no Ohio State. You're not going to Alabama, LSU, nothing like that. And even with that, you have an All-American defensive end, a three-year starter back, at quarterback, two offensive tackles that are going to be taken in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. Everything looked there, and you're going to go... Eight and four mm-hmm. once again. That's where the frustration is. There was a window. There was a pocket here during this two-year stretch. And if you don't break well, through. Well,
1: with a three-year starting senior quarterback. Yes. You, you don't get those every year. Because next it's year, seldom.
2: you're not going to have no. those tackles. You're no. not going to have Epinesa. You're not going to have Stanley. You're going to have a new quarterback. Mm-hmm. And by the way, your crossovers next year, Michigan State, Ohio State, mm. Penn State. Mm. Good luck with that. mm Mm-mm-mm-mm.
1: Well, it does seem like this is a pretty important year when you put it that way, uh, and yeah, there, it's it's not going to happen Trent. because that I'll those
2: eight and fours that are ho hum. It turn into a six and six or five and seven. Yeah, God forbid the you'd following you'd year. You signed for eight
1: and four next year, right? Yeah, I, I get your point. That, that 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 seemed like they this was an opportunity to make some hay, right? That mm-hmm. this was the, to have the, one of those season, special to, years, just to have one. And it started certainly. Look, we didn't think they'd beat Iowa State. We both picked Iowa State. Well, did, or did you come around at the end? I think I did, you yeah. did. You took the Hawks at the end, but in the off season, I didn't budge. I I still took uh, I took Iowa State to win the football game this year. Uh, it went Iowa's way, um, as, as we all know. And these last two, I just think it's a product of back to back losses, Trent. I really do mm-hmm. if there would have been if they would have lost to Iowa State and then beaten Michigan in Michigan or lost to Iowa State in the one list last week, I don't think that the vitriol uh would have been as noticeable perhaps. But because it's been you know, you you gotta go back to September to find their last win. There is some pretty damning numbers, Brian
2: Ferentz against even solid defensive teams too, and that's frustration. This team, offensively, for the most part, looks a lot better than except, they did under Greg the, Davis. Except the guards. Oh, you're right, right. right. But a, and as a whole. Offensively. Over the guys. last three years. The marriage of Greg Davis, what he wanted to do with the horizontal passing game and the zone blocking scheme, it was a marriage that was never going to work. Mm-hmm. Never at a high level were you ever going to expect that offense to be explosive. You've seen that at times out of Iowa under Ferrance, But against these good teams, short of the Ohio State game a couple of years ago, that's it. I mean, not only are they losing these games, and it's well, the defense has to play t- perfect to win the game, but they're not doing anything. They're not moving the football at all. Illinois was able to move the football with a third-string quarterback last week yeah, against yeah. that Wolverine defense, right? And, and Iowa can't do anything. They can't dial anything. And they up. were
1: right in that football game till the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Trent Illinois was, yeah. In fact, came back in that football game to make it one, and then uh, it got away from him at at the end. I don't know. I'm I'm not. The biggest Nate Stanley guy. And you used to be. It's just, you're not seeing the steps that you would think, right? You would think you would see incremental improvement (laughs) Mm -hmm. throughout his... He still misses way too many guys. I've said all along, he's going to get an opportunity to play in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Just because of his size, right? Arm strength. Arm strength. I don't know if he's going to. He's going to be drafted.
2: He's going to be developmental, six yeah, round, pick. yeah,
1: and, and probably going to be on a practice squad or something like that, sure. and maybe bounce around to a number of teams before. It's just, would you want? I mean, would you want him as your quarterback? No, 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 no.
2: I, I do not want to see him in Chicago as much as I do not believe in Mitchell Trubisky. Right,
1: but that 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 that's, uh, wide open that slant that he couldn't even hit Smith from five yards. Maybe it wasn't even that, but he dropped back a couple of steps. So, he did, yeah, yeah, probably. But I mean. And those are just – those are routine for a senior quarterback and, and that's played in big games. In the, and I'm not putting the entire – he was running for – he wasn't running for his life because <laughs> he's not going to run anywhere. But you know what I mean? I mean, he mm-hmm. had guys coming at him. Ooh, he saw those dudes in his sleep because that offensive line gave him – the interior of the offensive line. And I don't think it was Linderbaum uh, a couple of times, but certainly the guard play left a lot to be desired. Uh Conversely, Iowa State with Texas Tech. We got Chris Level coming up here in ten minutes to, to preview that. Uh by the way, Kirby Holcutt, the uh, the A D, um, isn't he the head of the Playoff committee? Is he on? Isn't he? Or was he? Was I don't know if he still is or not. Right. But he's the athletic director at Texas Tech. Um, He got he got pinched twenty five thousand for being critical of the uh, end uh, the overtime the second over the the, overtime period uh, the loss to Baylor uh, when the uh, refs missed that Uh, that was what Pollard was fined a few years ago right right? wasn't it twenty five twenty five large well Kirby Holcott now has something in common uh, with. with Jamie Pollard on that. I know Barta's on the playoff committee. Yes. Is, is Hokut still on it or no? Do you know well, let's find out here. You're better at Google than I am, Trent.
2: Barta's on it for sure. Yes. Is. What is he gonna add to the conversation, you think? Well, he's he- not gonna have to leave the room. <laughs> he's not. All right. Now currently Rob Mullins, the A D at Oregon, is the chair. There's Gary Barta up there. Frank Bieber, part of it. Okay. Uh Paola Bovin. A professor. Oh at-
1: no, she, she used to write for the Arizona, the the Phoenix paper. What uh, okay. Sent what the hell's the name of it? Anyways, yes, yeah, she Paula Boyvin, right? Yeah, yeah. She was she's a really good columnist. Uh she's now a professor at Arizona she State. She left the paper business. Yes,
2: uh, Castiglione from Oklahoma is there? Ken Hatfield. What the hell did Kirby Hoke?
1: What was he? I I've heard that name before. Now I'm googling him.
2: <laughs> RC Slocum on there. Georgia Tech's AD, Todd Stansberry, Scott Strickland of Florida, and uh, a chief of staff from the U.S. Army, Ray Adirno.
1: Ah, yes, good. Got nice. him on there. That's a good get. If yeah. you can grab Adirno, right. Trent, yeah. you take him when you can get him. Uh, Kirby Holcutt, Uh Roddy Lott, part of the crew. <sighs> uh, was he
2: part of the NCAA I, selection may, committee, maybe, maybe for I, a tournament?
1: The, I know he had something to do with something. I'm convinced he was on something. Um, Hulk at the chairman of the football recruiting so I don't know anyways not a big deal not a big deal um, let's do this and what is this well it's time to put another $1,000 in your bull bankroll text the keyword FREEZE to two hundred two hundred right now that's freeze to $200, 200 Your opportunity to win a thousand bucks.
0: You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest.
1: We'll be back with uh, Chris Level, Chris Level, Trent, and I will discuss Texas Tech, Iowa State. Tom Deanhart, he was the previous chair. Thank you, Scott. Knox. There you go. I knew it. I knew I. Had. You had that. I'm going to give myself a half a point. All right, we got half you. a point. We got you. Um, Maybe deduct a half a point because I went to Google and I couldn't find it quickly enough. Scoreboard is updated. It is updated. Uh, Chris Level next on Texas Tech-Iowa State. Tom Deanhart still to come this hour. We'll take a look at Purdue v. Iowa. Uh, Both games at 11 o'clock. Who has the broadcast? Do you know? Beth Bowens will be on the call for
2: Iowa-Purdue, the Pirate. That's too bad. Five yards. Five yards. And I have to look at the broadcast crew for Iowa State. I don't know. I don't know who
1: has the call. I looked through the notes and Yeah. Beth Uh, Mowen's jumped off the page to me, though. Yeah, that's the first time that she's done an Iowa game this year, correct? And who's she working with now? Do you know? Not offhand. We'll uh, come back with uh, Chris Level and preview the Big 12s, Iowa State Texas Tech. We're here until noon. Kenny White is coming up. You know, we've got to give away as well. Oh, yeah. We got tickets. We do. We've got a couple of... Uh, so these, first of all, are going to be for your choice mm. of Thursday, Friday. Now, please don't call in. If you can't go to see the Des Moines Buccaneers on Thursday or Friday of this week and $10 worth of concession items, now, it doesn't include alcohol, but we're going to give you 10 bucks worth of concessions at Buccaneer Arena, a four-pack of tickets, your choice to see tomorrow or Friday's game for the Bucks. Again, don't call in if you don't want to use them just to hear your name on the radio. Here's the skill testing question. Name a hockey player. (laughs) Wow. We're digging deep. Digging deep. We want to give these bad boys away. Are we taking them on the air? No, not on the air. Okay. And we'll do this again in the eleven o'clock hour. Trent is going to take your call off the air. Name a hockey player. First one in gets first choice. First one in gets first and we'll choice. We'll do it for of, the other
2: tickets, whatever's
1: left in the eleven o'clock. Indeed. Hour. So okay. you're 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 playing right now for a four pack of tickets to see the Buccaneers either Thursday or Friday, and ten dollars worth of concession alcohol not included. Buccaneer Arena. Name. A hockey player. Can we go a little deeper to the 11 o'clock hour? Oh, you think we get a winner? I think we will. All right, we'll see. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. Rx Rewards.
0: KXNO in your pocket with iHeartRadio on your smartphone. This is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO.
1: Hi, right, welcome back, Larry Con, the Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO, with you until noon, fifteen minutes. Tom Deanhart will preview Purdue versus Iowa as they kick off at 11 o'clock, exact same time as they will be kicking the ball off in Lubbock, Iowa State, on the road, taking on Texas Tech. Texas Tech still smarting from the just egregious call in overtime. Chris Level joins us, color analyst for men's basketball and football, RedRaidersSports.com. Chris, great to talk to you again. Trent Condon, this is Ken Miller. Good to talk to you, Chris. How are you?
3: I'm doing wonderful. How about you
1: guys this morning? Doing well. Appreciate you coming on to take a look at this game. But I want to go back before we go forward and just, uh, you know, just a disappointing, uh, another uh, disappointing call by officials injecting themselves uh, into the um into a football game and i know that people well don't let them go 99 yards or whatever it was to tie the game uh, at the end if you can stop uh, brewer and company you wouldn't be in that spot well okay that's probably true but at the same time uh officials they've got to get that call right that was just that was egregious no doubt about it
3: yeah you know and it's it's yeah it's tough to stomach for sure for sure because you know you're on the road it's, it's uh for the most part, sold out. Uh, you, you've played and competed hard, and, and you you know you've made enough plays in that game to put yourself in a position to to be in good shape there, and you know you 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 feel like you've. Created some takeaways, and you, you probably created another one for whatever reason. Whether it was just you know a mistake by the by the center on, on Baylor, but I think that's what frustrated Coach Wells the most is they couldn't really give him an explanation. Mm. And then by rule, you know, it's non-reviewable and all that. And I don't know if you've seen that this morning, but Kirby Hillcut you know, obviously he's been fined for basically just it, it, telling telling the public, "Hey, the Big Twelve admitted that they messed up," and that's what he got. Uh, he got mm. fined for. I guess the Big Twelve wanted that. Kept in house, and uh, he he felt like it was important to to let everybody know. Hey, the officials uh, messed this one up, and they're working on it. They're trying to they're reviewing the game and all these kinds of things. But yeah, But I mean, for Matt Wells though, you got to get your kids over it and and, and refocus. But uh, yeah, tough to take, and the, and the drama continued obviously today with the fine and the public reprimand.
2: Well, uh, one of my biggest takeaways from the actual game, and as opposed to the officiating, was Jet Duffy, a guy. We've seen in the past, he's come in a couple of different times, looked good at times, but certainly inconsistent. If you can tell us about his development and what we've seen overall out of him and what you expect to see on Saturday.
3: Yeah, it was uh, not a good feeling uh, watching Alan Bowman uh, leave the field in Tucson, uh, kind of holding his arm again, got got you know hit late and, and leaned on, and you, know, you find out a day or after that you know he's going to be gone for a while and it's kind of the same story that uh, the Red Raiders and, and the fan base had to deal with last year because if he's not hurt last year Cliff Kingsbury's probably still the head coach here yeah. uh it's crazy is is you know that you just Kyler Murray's not playing for Arizona and on and on we go but um you know I, I think Jet seems older he seems a lot more uh mature and I think he he just he, he seems uh poised I guess is what I'm trying to say. I mean, we we've been impressed around here the last two weeks. Cause I, I, I gotta be honest with you. I'm not certain that I knew that he was capable of, of performances like this, but it's just, I think what you see is a young man that's just kind of grown up, learned from some past experiences. And he's a junior. He's been, he's been in around this program for years and, you know, including a red shirt year and all those things. And I think he's just kind of settled down and, and seems, and they're not trying to put too much on him, but he's, his his issues were always ball security and just making in decision making, and and I think he's avoided that uh, for the most part in in the two starts. And obviously Baylor got they forced him into a couple interceptions. One of that was on the receiver, and the other one was on Jet. But I, I think that he's given his team a chance to compete, and he's thrown for about what eight hundred yards in the last two weeks, and uh, you know and, and and made quite a few plays. He could beat you with his legs, and and so I'm kind of See kind of what this looks like going forward with
1: him. Uh, Chris level uh, is our guest. We're taking a look at Texas Tech, Iowa State, eleven o'clock. FS1 has the television coverage for uh, that one uh, coming up on Saturday. Well, defensively, Chris, in the uh, when when I've seen uh, Texas Tech play, and I saw the, you know, I saw a lot of the uh, Oklahoma State, the the win over Oklahoma State, and certainly last week against Baylor, and the guy that uh, a couple of guys jump off the television screen, Howard coming off the edge, and then of course Jordan Brooks, number one. Brooks is having, I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but boy, oh boy, he's having an incredible senior year. Both of those two seniors going out the right way and leaving an impact.
3: Yeah, they are, uh, they're really good in the front seven. We haven't always been able to say that, obviously. They're, they're older, there's some depth there. Um, and, and I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, the, the stack of uh, scouting, you know, NFL business cards on Keith Patterson's desk with guys coming through the offices asking about Jordan Brooks is at a the last time I checked with Coach Patterson it was about twenty five or twenty six hmm. from different teams of, of thirty two that, that are asking about number one. Yeah, he's certainly have a having a an, uh, an unbelievable and, and, and think about his task. In the last month, he's been asked to to play middle linebacker and basically spy Khalil Tate, Jalen Hurd, um, Sanders. Uh, yeah, Spencer Sanders, and then Charlie Brewer, and now he's got Brock Purdy. I mean, That's—I don't know if anybody's going to have a stretch like that and ask what that. But he's done really, really well, and it hasn't been perfect. But he makes plays. He, He's—if you get in his general vicinity, he, you're more than likely coming down. And he's just a good tackler and playmaker. And in the game he had versus Oklahoma State, maybe a game we, we may never see around here again. Just individually, I mean. 19 tackles, three sacks, four tackles for loss, a forced fumble. I mean, Mm -hmm. try that one on. I mean, that's just, you just don't see those kinds of performances uh, individually from a defensive guy. But um, yeah, and and that created eight takeaways in the last two weeks, which is uh, something that Keith Patterson is very, very big on. and, And that'll be no different this Saturday.
2: Matt Wells in his first season at Texas Tech, certainly a big change there from Cliff Kingsbury, a beloved son that just never could break through with the Red Raiders. Thoughts on him? I saw he picked up a, a, one of their big quarterback prospects for the 2021 class. Feels like there's some positive momentum certainly building there with Matt Wells.
3: Yeah, you know, he he uh, he knows what this is supposed to look like. I think he's, you know, he brought most of his staff here so that that was an easy transition as they've all worked together before, both coordinators and the whole bed, and you know, it's it's not exactly you know, and you can read about it. And I've obviously never been there, but most people that follow the sport know it's it's, it's pretty tough to to win, especially consistency or consistently in Logan, Utah, uh, there at Utah State. And that was you mentioned favorite son. I mean, obviously that's Matt Wells's alma mater. Mm-hmm. So probably tough to, for him to leave there, but this was the next step for him. And yeah, he's a, he's kind of a CEO type. He's got his hands in, in everything and. You know, offense, defense, special teams and all those kinds of things. He, he's very much involved with recruiting. Is that starting to pay off a little bit? And, um, yeah, I think that, uh, for a while, the tech fans were kind of trying to figure out who, who is this guy? Like who, what's he about? You know, and I think they're starting to understand that this, this team is prepared every Saturday and. But they're disciplined, and it's just going to take a little bit. They've got to win some recruiting battles, but I think so far so good for Coach Wells.
1: Yeah, and had to leave a, a senior quarterback behind as, as well. Uh, Jordan Love is a senior, is he a junior? Well, regardless, he's damn good, and he's and one of the
3: he, top guys in the draft next year.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and and left him behind. So, what do you? And I'm not sure if you've had an opportunity to see Iowa State play so far this year. Uh, the Baylor game seems like um, you know they they let Baylor get away, and then came back and took a lead, and then the kid kicks the first field goal of his career to win it. Uh, Iowa State clearly amongst the, you know, the cut below Oklahoma, but then I'm not sure where everybody fits in. Your thoughts on Iowa State, Chris?
3: They seem like they seem uh, in the last couple of years in that they, they kind of started off slow and they started to, to figure this thing out. What have they won, like nine games in October uh, straight or something? Yep. And, and they just kind of, it's a typical Matt Campbell uh, coached team. I, I, I was very curious before the season started, you know, could Brock Purdy handle, uh, you know, the, the pressure that was being placed on him and, and, and who replaces David Montgomery, who replaces mm-hmm. the Akeem Butler. And, and I think that it's, it's kind of interesting because they're not as balanced as they've been in the past, at least statistically, in that they used to be somewhat, and now they're just more of a, a passing team on, under Purdy. And he just needs the engine that makes this thing go. And again, uh, as I mentioned to you, the Red Raiders have had the, quite the stretch of uh, quarterbacks to go against and uh, they'll, they'll certainly have a plan, but yeah, Purdy's impressive, and I think uh, um, I kind of you know the, the game in Waco is somewhat similar to, to what the Red Raiders just endured. I mean Baylor got out front in that one and then hung on late, but that's kind of <laughs> I mean in so many ways that was kind of the, the similar deal that uh, the Red Raiders found themselves in. So Baylor's winning close games at home, which is kind of a good team.
2: Sure, there'll be plenty of Cyclone fans will be making the trip. The Texas contingent making their way to West Texas and Lubbock. Talk about a two-game road string for uh, Iowa State here. West Virginia the furthest away. Texas Tech, another long trip there. When people make their way to Lubbock, you hear all kinds of things. What you hear from opposing fan bases when they make their way to Texas Tech.
3: Well, it used to be, you know, you used to get like, uh, it was a bad rap in some ways, but if you're the home team, it was good in that, oh man, you hate playing Lubbock. Their, their fans are mean and nasty. The students are all over you, you know, this and that. But in, in recent years, they just haven't been very good at home. And that's something that Matt Wells has really tried to talk about a lot is protecting home field. And they're three and oh at home this year. And obviously the, the last one was that went over a ranked Oklahoma state team. Uh, but. You know, and, and then these 11 a.m. kicks aren't exactly the best thing for a big time juice mm-hmm. up home crowd, but it was probably the best 11 a.m., 11 a.m. crowd a couple weeks ago versus Oklahoma State that I'd ever been a part of. Now, the, the defense that day had a lot to do with it because they pretty much got after Spencer Sanders from the time that the game started and the crowd stayed engaged and they were standing on third downs and on and on it went, but. Um It's homecoming this weekend and all those kinds of things. So it should be, a, a, I would guess, a really big crowd. And I think the fan base is kind of, I don't know, a bit riled up because of all <laughs> the, the controversy with the league and kind of they're wanting to have their AD and their head coaches back on this deal. So I, I would expect – uh you know, the, the, to be fairly full uh, this weekend.
1: We've got uh, like 30 seconds left. You've been very gracious with your time. Thank you, Chris Level, for that. Uh, Chris Beard, uh, was so close last year to cutting down the Nets historical season. Most have them picked second. Uh, most of the uh, preseason stuff I've seen has them picked behind Kansas. But another good year on the hardwood, I think, uh, in the offering at Texas Tech.
3: They will be very relevant. Uh, they're very young. Um, And and a lot of new pieces, uh, but they will be a little more up tempo, probably more talented and deeper than last year, Mm -hmm. but not near as experienced. And that herein lies the problem. So it's all about you know chemistry, and this will be a work in progress. I mean, the the, the last year's team didn't hit their stride until you know early February, and and this team will be no different. But they'll definitely be relevant in the conference race.
1: Chris, thank you for uh, taking our call. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you during basketball season. Thank you, Chris Level.
3: Hey, thanks, fellas. Have a good rest of the week.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. Chris Level, uh, Raidersports.com, part of Rivals, and again, the analyst for men's basketball and football with Texas Tech. We'll, uh, We'll take a quick timeout. We'll leave the Big 12, go to the Big 10 West. Tom Deanhart covers Purdue, Purdue, Iowa, in the spotlight next. Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460.
0: Sports Radio in Iowa starts and ends right here. This is Des Moines Sports Station,
1: 1460 KXNO. No, I back down. All right, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Busy 11 o'clock hour. Kenny White joins the program. David Kaplan in his regular spot. And then Bill Bender, sportingnews.com. We haven't spoken to this guy in a couple of years, Trent. It's great to get to, to reconnect with Tom Deanhart. Before we do that, there is baseball news. Joe Madden has found work. He mm-hmm. is. Uh, going to lead the Los Angeles Angels, the skipper of the Angels, Joe Madden. It's done deal. He was hired here this morning, put pen to paper. Tom Deanhart covers Purdue uh, for GoldenBlack.com. He joins the program. Great to catch up with you. How are you, Tom Deanhart? Trent Condon, Ken Miller, how are you?
0: <laughs> doing great, fellas, doing great. Yeah, we're at that point of the year where things are uh, starting to come into a little sharper focus for these teams. I know Iowa's struggling a little bit. Here comes Purdue, and as you guys probably know, the Boilermakers had some success against Iowa lately. With Brom going two and zero against Kirk Ferentz, uh, tall task for the Boilermakers this weekend. But should be a pretty good ball game.
1: I think it will be too. And I thought the point spread when it came out, I thought that was ridiculously high. Uh, but we shall see. They the line makers seem to know a little bit more than uh, uh, than most. But look, offensively, Tom, this is a, a good Purdue team. But I want to start focusing defensively. What what can they do? You know we're midseason here, and I know there's been some injuries on the defensive side of the football. That seems as though it's been a problem us uh, uh, in 2019, is stopping teams from getting into the end zone.
0: Oh no doubt, uh, you know Purdue's uh, without its two best defensive players. Of course, tackle Lorenzo Neal hasn't played all year. People wonder if he's ever going to suit up. Um, he had off-season knee surgery, so minus him, minus Marcus Bailey who hurt his knee in practice after the second game of the year. Pretty probably won't have its second-best defensive tackle either, and Anthony Watts, who hurt an elbow of Penn State a couple weeks ago. So on and on, it's gone defensively. Linebacking court is very thin too, guys. This week's depth chart showed an alteration in Purdue's base defensive scheme uh, from a traditional fourth reset. Now they're basically going to play a nickel base uh just because they lack linebackers is the bottom line. So, again, it's a skeleton crew that's awfully young, going to be vulnerable to to maybe a veteran quarterback like Nate Stanley.
2: So it is year three. Last year, the overtures that were made after Brahm as, as Louisville was coming after him, a lot of people felt like that was a done deal. This season, with the injuries, certainly not going according to form, but overall, with the future of this program, with the Big Ten West and everything going forward, does it feel like they dodged a big bullet? Is Purdue happy with where they sit currently and the future of the program?
0: Yeah, I think so. Despite the struggles of this year, I think people realize the the, the, the myriad injuries that have really ripped apart the roster. And without a doubt, you know, um, uh, for, for Purdue to be able to retain Jeff Brom was a coup for their athletic director, Mike Bobinski. He said as much. I mean, if Purdue would have had to hit the reset button after two years, with Brom leaving, would have really set things back for an athletic department that needs this program to succeed. Um, big investments have been made in Jeff Brom, and the fact that he stayed was huge, because again, had he left, it would have not only hurt the the, the program and athletic department, it would have really hurt a uh, group of recruits that Brom put together last year that was one of the best university signing years, so uh, this year could be a tough one, but I think fans are still on board, and could be interesting to see where he has this thing in four or five years.
1: Well, and they certainly committed to spending a lot of money, as you know, Tom, uh, renovating Ross Aid Stadium. It's one of the older stadiums. I would have to think in the uh, uh, in the Big Ten, and they're going to. Uh, inject hundreds, over a hundred million dollars in, uh, in, in upgrades there. But I want to talk about the quarterback position. So it's good to see that they're on firm footing. Uh, the quarterback position, Sindelar seemingly, boy, it's too bad. He just can't stay healthy. And when he's on the field, you can tell why they, they like him, but he's, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Conversely, Jack Plummer, big dude, doesn't run around a lot. Some people reminds him of Nate Stanley. Do you see those comparisons and tell us about Plummer?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Six-foot-five, 220-pound redshirt freshman from Gilbert, Arizona, a suburb of Phoenix. Uh, you know, Jeff Rahm has been high on him since he signed him, and now he's been thrust into duty a little prematurely. Had some rough patches early on, went against some tough defenses like TCU and Penn State. But last week, a watershed moment, 420 yards, passing three touchdowns. A smart kid. Uh, despite being that big, he's pretty nifty can extend the play with his feet, pick up yards if need be, downfield tucking and running. Um, he doesn't have a real rocket arm. That's the one thing Brom talks about. He would like him to step up and deliver the ball to a little more velocity, and I'm not sure if he has it. He does not have Elijah Stunner's arm strength, period. But, again, Plummer brings a lot of other things intangibly and physically to the game. He's only going to keep getting better, guys. Uh, of course, he won't have – his best weapon, the ball. Right, Rondell Moore right. is still yeah. out. He's not going to play sadly. But keep your eye on number three, David Bell, the yeah. true freshman wide receiver. And they they have an NFL tight end, I think, too, and Bryson Hopkins, number eighty-nine.
1: Yeah, Hopkins was a lot more active in the game that uh, the game against Maryland. And, and you mentioned Bell, true freshman as well, correct? The true freshman that's really starting to come into his own.
0: Yeah, a guy. I think Iowa recruited pretty heavily out mm-hmm. of Indianapolis Warren Central High. Six-two. Uh, 6'3", three, about one eighty, a long strider can go up and get the ball, and uh, yeah, he's a true freshman. Was rated by a lot of people as the best player in the state of Indiana last year, so he's lived up to the hype. I've had to step up with a wide receiving quarter that's had a lot of injuries. He talked about more, of course. Uh, Jared Sparks is a junior who's probably not going to play. TJ Sheffield, so again, David Bell's really stood up and delivered and become one of uh, Jack Plummer's favorite favorite targets.
2: So, Jeff Brom has dominated Iowa the last two years. There's just the offensive scheming, the game planning. They find a weakness, and they've been able to exploit it against Iowa the last two years. It feels like really contrasting styles. Iowa's about, this is what we do. We're going to try to out-execute you. Purdue and what they've been able to do the last two years against the Hawkeyes, we're going to do something that works well, and we'll keep doing it until you can find a way to stop it.
0: No secrets to who you are this (laughs) season, right? You can't change your stripes. Iowa knows. Iowa fans know. Purdue fans know. Rom's going to take shots downfield. Uh, We saw that, especially for your fans in 2017 when he struck late. Some big touchdown passes. So they're going to do it again. Um, Their offensive line's had some struggles. I know Iowa has two up front. They started three new players last week. It's very much a work in progress. They could have their hands full in that environment going against that defensive line, AJ Finesse and company. So again, uh, you always want to bring pressure. But if they can if they can hold off that Iowa front and give Plummer some time, he's going to take his shots downfield. So again, uh, I know Iowa's been pass heavy this year. Purdue's been pass heavy, and guys, if Purdue can't pass, they're probably sunk. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the stats, look at the NCAA rushing statistics, Purdue is second to last in the nation in rushing. Mm-hmm. So again, they're really struggling to get a push up front.
1: Yeah, that's a problem. Uh, Tom Deanhart uh, is our guest. Appreciate uh, t- catching up with Tom. Of course, goldenblack.com, part of arrivals. Tom, my last thing for you. Pursuant to the Big Ten West, I know that in person you've only seen Minnesota until this week, and obviously you'll get, you'll, you'll see Iowa. Um, what did you think of Minnesota? And then other than Wisconsin, who seemingly is head and shoulders above everybody? I guess my question is: Minnesota the the second best team? The record says that they are right now. Are you a believer in the Gophers
0: in the Big Ten West? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I know Minnesota's resume doesn't glisten. I guess with uh, any real marquee wins at this point, um, non conference, they they really got by by the skin of their teeth in a few of those games: Fresno State, Georgia Southern, I think South Dakota State. You know, they beat a banged up Nebraska team last week, uh, came to West Sophia, at one year, 38 to 31. So I, I think at this point, you'd have to call them, uh, you know, not Wisconsin's peer, but right on Wisconsin's heels. And, and guys remember this last year, they went to Madison and ran roughshod over the Badgers. And, uh, so, and then they, they've been hot. I think they won nine of the last 10 games going back, back to last year as well. So it's going to be fun to see if they can keep marching on here and maybe get to that to that, that that game with, with the Badgers uh, with, with the with the big record and maybe the Big Ten West title on the line when they meet up in, in, in Town there.
1: Good to catch up with you, Tom Deanhart. Goldenblack.com. Tom, appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Take care, fellas. Yeah, good to talk to you. Tom Deanhart, joining the program. Blackandgold.com. Good to hear from Tom again. It is good to hear from Tom again. Uh, when we come back, we're going to hear from Kenny White again. We've got a handful of games that we'll take a look at. David Kaplan, his regular spot. Now, we taped Cappy before the Joe Madden news came out. We taped Cappy every morning. Because since he's on the air, exact same time I mean, we are. Not that that would have made a difference, I don't think, yeah. in our conversation. A lot of bears. A lot of bears. Cappy coming up, so is Bill Bender. We're back with the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller & Condon, fourteen sixty.